Hello humans of triathlon and welcome to the hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with triathletes from all around the globe and from all walks of life I'm Swapnil Chauhan here with my co-host Charles Hunk and Radmom Robin along with an amazing guest Today's story takes us to the United States of America. After just a relatively short time being involved with triathlon, but with a huge curiosity, passion, and desire to tell a story, our guest today decided to embark on a three-week personal journey, which he later called the Triumph Project. Many people use three weeks to go on a vacation holiday, no? let's say Europe, for example. You spend three days in Paris, three days in Madrid, you eat pizza in Naples, you party in Ibiza, put some pictures on Facebook, and go back to work on Monday morning. This fellow human of triathlon used his three-week allowance on a feat that saw him tackle the popular 70.3 middle-distance triathlon from a whole different perspective. He would go on to do 21 70.3 triathlon races in 21 different cities all the way from Maine down to Florida during 21 consecutive days. If you guys do the math correctly, that's almost 1,500 miles of blood, sweat, and tears. Boom. In his own words, I want to tell the story of my own experience and others who love triathlon so that people could realize you don't have to finish first to be successful. And if there's one thing that both our guests tonight and the team behind Humans of Triathlon have in common is an unfathomable desire to find out and share why we try. Also known as the Prince of Pain, ladies and gents, please welcome Jeff Fair- Fairbanks. <laughs> hey, well played. I, I like the spin on the vacation time. <laughs> I was holding back my comment. Nicely done. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we are stoked to have you on. It took us a while to make it happen. But we're glad to finally be able to do it. And I am looking forward to the chat because I think although you've done some extraordinary stuff, you're probably one of the more normal guests we've had on so far. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But but before before that, to start things off, um, we always like to get into our guest's childhood. Um, just give us a little bit of insight into that. Um, talk to us where and how you were raised, what kind of kid you were, and yeah, what your childhood was like. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Before, before that, I'll just say this to you guys. You know, the honor's mine to be on this. Um, I'm hum- humbled to um, to be a part and, you know, to continue kind of this journey of trying to, um, you know, support the positivity in the community. So, so kind of a, a uh, hands together kind of hats off to you guys for that. Um, as far as my childhood, so many don't know. So I was adopted, um, to my parents, uh, you know, when I was obviously a newborn, um, mm-hmm. and they raised me great. I mean, I, I love my childhood, but I think I had high energy. So from what I can remember, my parents uh, dealt with me the best way they could by basically putting me in activities to keep me occupied. So I grew up with 
more traditional sports, if you will, um, all the way up kind of through high school. So I did this, the soccer baseball thing, you know, back to back, I think, um, geez, I don't know, 13 or something years. I think it's something around that. And so once I kind of entered, I think I started around like, I don't know, three or four. Um, and then, you know, just kind of kept going and I started to sort of lose interest, um, in those traditional sports, uh, just because of the circle of friends that I was within and they, they were heavy into surfing. And at the time, you know, I kind of wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be cool and fit in if you will. So I was like, yeah, I can surf, you know, and I had gone to a couple little, we have something called a YMCA. Um, it's kind of like a youth they do camps and, you know, it's an organization that helps out with kids. And so they had surf camps and I do things like that. So I, I sort of was hoping that those brief instances in that, uh, arena would help me with the, this, this new interest to, to make friends with these surfers. And, um, that really became a huge passion of mine. Um, that alongside like motocross, I got a dirt bike at like six and I wanted to so, so badly race motocross, but, um, tragically my dad's, uh, friend's son was killed uh, during, <clears throat> during, uh, you know, riding basically. And so that sort of kiboshed my plans, uh, to race. My dad sort of backed off taking me and things like that. So I focused a lot of that onto the, this new kind of territory of surfing and, um, went up to a, a pretty decent level, um, if you will, in my, my little stint there. And then, uh, and, and that was kind of, that takes me to kind of being an adult. So, so, uh, for what it's worth, baseball, soccer, to uh to motocross and surfing so not a lot of time off even no. from the beginning it's full i'm telling you it's full throttle just go go just wake go. up full throttle i was kind of <laughs> early to bed early to rise so i crack the throttle till it's out of gas and then i'm done and do it again the next day so in a sense this is your destiny to be doing 21 triathlon I, <laughs> no, I don't know i'll be honest with you i didn't know that that was going to happen but so what but uh led you to a triathlon uh, actually what led me to triathlon was a, was a friend, uh, challenge, basically not challenging me. He kind of asked me begged, if you will, to do a marathon with him. It was a bucket list item. And he said, Hey, come on, I need you to do this. And I kept saying no for months. And he said, I'll train with you. I have this program is this Excel spreadsheet you do. And then, you know, we'll be at the race together. And it, eventually it wore me down. I said, okay. The, the reality was, is I never trained with him. In fact, I never even saw him during the training, nor did I see him at the race. So I kind of did this scenario and the long short of it is that I had a miserable time. Um, I spent six months training for the thing and just took me like four and a half hours to get across the line. I, I blew up a few times along the way. And um, I just kind of realized like, although the scenery was kind of changing, you know, like, I mean, that's a long way to run mentally i was just really bored i just all i could think about was like when is this over where's the end like oh another hill or what is this and um i sort of just sprung off of that misery and thought well what's you know that was crazy to me just my my humble opinion i thought that's a really long way to run so i was like what's a what's a crazy similar challenge but maybe might be have a little bit different uh you know mental capacity or or you know mental um landscape and that's sort of what drew me to travel on the three disciplines in one a good sport for board runners <laughs> there you go <laughs> or board swimmers or board cyclists so yeah most of the previous guests that we've had on the show so in some form or the other they've said that um triathlon saved their life because they were going down a dark path or had 
just been hit with some life-changing kind of event like a divorce or a disease or being obese or something like that. So there was no sort of big event like that for you. No, unfortunately, no. I'm going to be your, uh, I'm your vanilla cracker in that sense no, because I, that, I think that's the cool thing about your journey, though. You're just, you know, an ordinary guy who's got extraordinary passion for the sport and wants to spread that positivity in life. Um, yeah, I, it, it it makes me feel like I I don't have a story, you know. To be honest with you, I feel like I but I hear what you're saying. Story, I guess. <laughs> Maybe, but I feel like I'm. I'm, and it's so much humility in this thing. You know, I, I hear those stories. I meet those people. Um, and it, it's, it's, an, it's just mouth dropping to me, you know, the, these, these journeys of, um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, they're always greater than mine, you know? I, and I feel like I meet these people and, you know, uh, as weird as it is for me to say to you guys, they'll be like, Oh, you know, Jeff, you've inspired this or what I'm thinking. What? I mean, I didn't, I mean, I really didn't do anything, but, you know, I, I look back at them and I kind of feel like, man, they're all the rock stars. You know, I, I, I feel really small, uh, in the triathlon landscape because I'm, I'm recognizing what you're saying. I, I do feel like I middle, I meet a lot of those people that have just a great Cape, man, a great Cape that they're wearing. <laughs> yeah, so they've yeah, already superheroed. And yet you've, you've done this extraordinary thing. I mean, um, a lot of people have done a lot of races, but not a lot of people have done what you have. So what, what did you take away from that? Like what, you know, you were out there a lot of hours. What, um, what did you learn during that experience that you didn't know? Going yeah. I, you know, I'm going to echo a little bit about on kind of what he said before. Oh, go ahead. Tell us how that all started, you know, what, what it was and how it entered your mind. Uh, well, the, the idea wasn't the end result wasn't what it, the original idea was. Um, the, this whole thing was, um, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I came into my first race. I did a little sprint triathlon, right. And I have a lot of tattoos and I kind of wear those flat bill hats. I, I you know, I, I don't know if you want to say it's a punk or whatever my aura is. Um, I didn't feel that there was a lot of that in the race that I entered into. And so I, I kind of took that and I felt really out of place. And again, this is just all internal stuff for me. You know, it's no offense to anyone out there. I'm not even saying I have style, but I went to that race and kind of felt like this, a little bit of like this sore thumb. And when I kind of came in, you know, at the tail end of it and across that line, you know, I, I, I remember distinctly hearing this clapping and cheering and stuff. And I mean, I, I kind of did the look back, like, I'm like, who's coming. You know what I mean? Like there must, someone must be winning, uh, with all this cheering. And I knew it wasn't me. And, uh, it turns out as I got kind of closer, you know, my realization within that moment is that, you know, there, there wasn't anybody behind me. They were cheering for me. And that was a really impactful moment, mainly because a lot of the sports I did, you know, as, as far as I got older and was really passionate about, I, I wasn't super passionate about, uh, baseball and soccer. You know, I was really passionate about surfing. Um, and it can be a solitary sport, even when you're going out with a bunch of friends. I mean, you, you want your own wave. You don't share a wave, you know, at least you don't want to. Um, and so, so for me, that connectedness, that like the, the fact that these people, I felt like were cheering louder for like these, these end, you know, results, if you will, air quote, um, individuals was just baffling to me and I got hooked right away. And I tried to, because I was so motivated by that, I'm like, this is the craziest thing. I've never seen people clap more for the last place finisher than the first place finisher, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, um, I looked at my wife and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm selling my dirt bike. I'm going to, 
I'm going to do the sport. She's like, you're crazy. I'm like, all right. And as I got going into it, I, I sort of felt like, I wonder how many people are out there that felt uh, triathlon was this, this, you know, mountain that couldn't be climbed because that's what I thought because I didn't come from the sport disciplines, right? Like I wasn't a runner. I didn't swim. I didn't bike. Um, and I kind of approached the project as being like, Hey, maybe I can break down some barriers in the sport of triathlon by showcasing, uh, some people that didn't come from the disciplines, you know, like, uh, that was my original thought. And the long to short of that is that I lost everybody that was involved. Uh, I really didn't feel I had a place in it. I was just more coming up with the idea. I had these four athletes, if you will, all together. And, um, you know, one by one, they fell out and it was kind of me left alone. Um, and not wanting to sort of let go of the idea of it. You know, at the time I asked my wife, can I, Hey, can I use, can I use 500 bucks and make this little, little short little video that maybe people will like, or as a memento for the kids. And that was just the biggest monetarily speaking resource speaking, like everything was the biggest misconception. I still, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still owe my wife a, a, a ton of a lot of things. And, um, and that turned into this whole big thing about, you know, once they kind of fell out, I felt this huge weight on my shoulders to not fail. Um, and the only thing I can think of was sort of like turn, turn back what I was trying to do and say, look, I've been overlooking myself in this project. You know, I, I think I am the relatable piece. I am kind of the average Joe that's trying to do this above average thing. I think people will relate to that. And it was just took a really long time to convince myself. And so in order for me to sort of, um, you know, come up with something to, to attempt, I, I just looked at how much vacation time do I have and what's kind of, what, what would be nuts in my mind. And I thought I wanted to connect with the community at the same time doing it. And so I just was like, well, uh, here we go. And I came up with like, I think I'd done like one or two 70.3s and, um, had like told my wife, I'd never want to do one of those again, <laughs> like after I finished it. And, and I just was like, well, what, is this crazy? And I told it to her and she goes, you're crazy. I, can you even do that? And I'm like, I don't know, let's just stamp it. And so that's, that's really like, I know long winded, but, um, that turned into this challenge to the community. Like, why don't you come out and, you know, see if I can stay in one piece for 21 days. Yeah. that's insane. So that brings us back to what did Get you, out of it. yeah. What, what, what did you learn that you didn't know going well, I in? I think, uh, I mean, a couple like silly things was, you know, I didn't, I didn't think I'd be able to make it to the end. I've, you know, I have some motocross injuries. And so I think from a physical perspective, um, I was surprised that I was in one piece kind of at the end. Um, I can, I can remember on day three, I thought it was all over. I just had a really rough go. Um, uh, I think maybe just overdoing some things in the first couple of days and, I'd fallen over on the bike and was really white. My, my wife was talking to my parents and they were all concerned that something was wrong with me. Um, that maybe they couldn't see, you know, out on the outside, but, but by me being white, I was kind of not, I wasn't talkative. I wasn't kind of really focused. Um, and, uh, and so to me, I kind of thought, thought just on my own little accolade, I was really proud of myself for kind of hanging in there. But the thing that kind of tripped me out as far as a takeaway is that, you know, I tried to be this, I tried to be this thing through the project, right? I, I tried to make this kind of catalyst, this spark, if you will, in people to kind of challenge this, whatever doubt they may have about something. But I think the reality was, is that the, the amount of people that came out and the amount of responses that I got, 
I wasn't expecting that. And I think they in turn were the spark like in me, you know? So it was kind of this role reversal that happened. Um, that really was surprising to me. So I kind of put my hat off to all those, all those people that came out or text me or send messages that really surprised me. Cause I'll be honest with you. I thought I was gonna be alone the whole time. Like that was my biggest fear. This is going to be me. I, you know, I'm going to be all by myself and like, you know, who's this, who's this guy, you know, just donkeying around wasting his vacation time. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Not going yeah. to Europe and taking pictures yeah. to both. Nothing Facebook. fun. And the other, the other part was too, like logistically speaking, I think, um, I don't know that this is a, like a, an outcome thing, but I really underestimated all that stuff. And I think it really, it, I had this romantic idea that like, Oh, a half distance isn't, you know, that won't take me all day. But what I failed to kind of recognize was all the logistics. Like, well, I had to drive to the spot. I had to unhook the trailer. I like, I didn't have a crew, you know, so it was me, my wife, you know, like my small little family doing all this. Um, and that was just a huge shocker is like, how is it taking, you know, 10 and 12 hours between, I'm not saying that's how long I was out there on the road, but I mean, I might have a two hour drive, right. And then I have to set up camp. Then I have to start Then I have to come back you know, and sometimes I'd have to leave that night to get to the next location. You know, it might be a three hour drive. So well, how much food did you have to ridiculous. consume during it that whole ridiculous. process? The, the amount of food, like, <laughs> I mean, I can't even tell you that like before coming, that was, I guess that's a good segue. Another thing was I could, I used to never be able to eat before going running. I just, I couldn't hardly eat anything. Um, and that was a concern of mine nutritionally is that like, how am I going to get these calories if I can't even eat before I go run? Um, and what was weird is, I mean, I could eat anything. It didn't, it was just, you put it in front of me and I'll eat it type of a thing. And so we were, my wife was constantly going to the store because we had a little tow behind trailer. And so I used a lot of plant-based like proteins. I didn't really want heavy meat stuff. And so I had all these things stored in our trailer, but I mean, every day, like to get dinner, I mean, I would eat a massive amount of food and I was eating meals at every stop. So like when I woke up, you know, and then before each discipline, right. I mean, I might wake up, eat, go swim and I'd eat another meal after getting done. And then I'd get on the bike and it lasted for a few weeks after I was done as well. I ate a, a like a, just a grip ton of food, you know, two to three weeks after finishing. Is there, is there anything you can't eat now that you just ate way too much of and can't be on the side <laughs> no, of? No, uh, <laughs> no, I just, um, no, not really. Uh, I had a lot of salt that I don't normally have just because of electrolytes. I, that was my issue on day three. Um, but no, uh, my biggest, my favorite thing that I just would come into my, 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 into my mind every day was ice cream. I just, I can't tell you how many times I asked for <laughs> ice cream and I never, um, I mean, it'd been years since I've, had a lot of dairy number one or you know like ice cream in general i was a pretty strict eater and it was like all i could think of can i have some ice cream hey do we have any ice cream can we get some ice cream <laughs> it's like the running joke <laughs> and how do you find the venues so what do you decide i'm going to swim here i'm gonna bike here and i'm gonna run there across 21 different locations in the states yep well and that was another um just going to point out, uh, point out all my flaws here. So I, I utilized a lot of the race courses originally, um, cause I figured they'd have a decent, um, a decent mapping that I could kind of follow. The irony of it was, is that I utilized none of them. 
So I mapped out all 21 days. I had it all done. I had, I had them posted, like, you know, some people know my routes. Um, I stayed away from the open water stuff as much as possible. I utilized those YMCA um, pools because I feared that no one would show up. And I'm not about to go swim out, like, you know, into the ocean or these huge lakes, if you will, um, all by myself. Not because yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah not because I'm, I'll be yeah. honest, I wasn't, it wasn't a safety thing. It was literally a fear thing. Like I wasn't scared to be drowning. I was scared to find like some dead body that no one discovered for, you know, 30 <laughs> years. The second I, you know, step into the lake or some shark. Oh, Big I'm shark. telling you. Yeah. If there was Big a person shark. to discover some species that doesn't, you know, no one knew it'd be this guy right here. I mean, yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's a good idea just to go to the police and say, you know what? I was doing my eighth triathlon today and I just happened to find this body. I don't have nothing yeah. to do with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I had nothing yeah. to do with yeah. it. Yeah, I wanted the being yeah. you being a surfer and all that, you would be comfortable in the ocean. You'd think, right? But here's the funny yeah. thing: without having my surfboard, the, that surfboard was like this this safety barrier between myself and the ocean. And when that's gone, to be face down like that, uh, like almost feeling like I'm looking straight down, I still close my eyes to this day. I don't open my eyes like in open water, like racing or nothing. I only open them to sight. What? That's it. I can't. It just freaks me out. There's a lot of weird stuff out there. <laughs> that is that is great. You know, I think the thing that's so great about it is you do it yeah, anyway. Yeah, I just, I, well. I mean, like I've never heard anybody literally say they close their eyes except when sighting. But you're still out there swimming anyways. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, it's spooky. Because otherwise I get in my head even more. So like if my eyes are open and I see something, I just, I'll freak out, um, you know, internally. It's not like I'd like choke on water and, you know, go under, but I don't need any mental headspace. Now, like the creepy lake weed and stuff like that always, that's always a freaky yeah. thing anyway. Touching stuff. All the stuff lurking yeah. down there. Yeah. Touching it. Yeah. Get it in a wrapper. Yeah. I have it. a, I have this vision. There's this movie we watched a long time. I don't forget. It was Kevin Costner. And like Michelle Pfeiffer or something, maybe getting, so, I know Michelle Pfeiffer was there, but something about like a dead wife. And I, there's this image that there's this ghost haunting thing, right? And the ghost trying to tell this new, this new wife, like this guy's dangerous. And one of the images is her in the water, her face, like floating by, like barely, you can barely just, you know, like see it. And that is that image has stayed oh, with me like yeah, yeah. in my head when I'm in the water and I'm like, it's murky. There's her face is going to be there. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, I get like chilly right now. Just even thinking about it. Like no, that's Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. I remember. The there you go. Thank you. That's the movie. Spooky. That's the one. Spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Spooky. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch that movie. Cause that's freaky. I don't care who you are. That's freaky. <laughs> so you've talked about your journey a lot. Um, I'm sure, you know, on various podcasts and blogs and such. So tell us something that you haven't shared about that 21 days journey before. Give us <laughs> sort of unknown detail. Oh, uh, you guys are funny. I knew this was, I, I kind of <laughs> assumed this might be something. Um, off the cuff. I'm trying to think about what you might be interested in because there's a lot of things that people don't quite essentially no um i don't know if you guys know that you know the reason it's taken so long is because the old camera guy basically stole stole the camera and sold it for cash oh my after, god after coming 
coming back. And that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, one thing people don't know, um, and this might be interesting for you guys, is that when I finished the journey, um, I felt like my best my best efforts were at the very end, like on the very end day, it, it almost became like a normalcy. Like I could have just, uh, or at least I felt like just tomorrow, this is what I do. Right. So next day I'll just do it again. But after about a day or two, um, of not doing the efforts, I actually, my, my, my whole legs began to slightly swell up, like to the point where like I lost definition between like my calf and, like where it goes into your ankle and stuff. And I don't have like the skinniest legs. So I noticed, you know, one day looking down, I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't see my ankle bone, you know, on the side. Um, and I'm like, that's really weird. I didn't have pain. I didn't feel like, you know, pins and needles or like anything was asleep, but I had like massive amounts of swelling going on in my legs. Um, and I talked to a, to a buddy of mine, he was like a PT and he was telling me that, uh, to keep an eye on it. Cause I guess there's some a condition where like your body can attack your muscles and your organs and stuff. Yeah. Rando. And I was like, what the heck's yeah, going on? Seriously dangerous. So that's, that's one thing that I didn't, I haven't really shared. Um, is that that happened. Another thing is that I got a cut on the bottom of my, uh, my toe edge that still hasn't fully all the way healed in my, like it like callus, this big crevice and it was bleeding during the time. But now it's just this, I guess that's probably not what, like, it's not some attractive thing to say, but I still have a crevice basically in my left <laughs> underside of my foot. And it's been, it's been two years and that thing just won't, it's not like I give it a bunch of rest either, but I'm just saying, um, yeah, that, Lasting yeah, scars. I sung a lot of Disney songs while I was out there. Um, I don't know how many people know that Disney songs were in my head, like a lot, just mentally. That was interesting. Well, that brings me to a question because, you know, your nickname is the King of Pain. But when I read your writings and just listening to you, you sound a lot more like the King of Positivity. Yeah. yeah the so I, I think the Disney songs goes with that. But, um, you know, why the King of Pain moniker and, and how how do you stay yeah, so positive? Yeah, so uh, they, they coined it the Prince of Pain. Sorry. It, no, no, no oh, it's Prince all good. You, you gave yeah. me a promotion. I just haven't I haven't reached that <laughs> level yet. Um he, uh, I, I don't know. It became from this team kind of, I, I had been heading up. They just started, started saying pop. And I'm like, what the heck is pop? And they're like, oh, you're, you're the Prince of pain. And all of a sudden I was like, what? And all these people kept using it. I mean, like all the time, like even texting me like, thanks pop. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> and so the, I just sort of kind of owned it. Um, I'm like, well, fine. All right. I'll just do this Prince of pain. But, um, I, for me, you're right. I feel like there is this maybe Prince of Positivity is the better kind of better kind of scenario because uh, I just don't have a lot of time for the negative stuff, you know, or like the the victimization, you know, like oh woe is me on these things. And I wrote about this like a while back. People are asking me like, how do you how did you go through like each day, you know, like how do you how do you do that? when it's like monotony and you know, like, you know, you're going to wake up and you're going to do this all over again, you know, and you hurt from yesterday. And I just, I felt like there's these things where one, you know, I broke them apart. Like I, I just used them as segments, right? Like when I woke up, I didn't even think about the fact that it was a, that it was like another half. I just was like, when I woke up, I, I knew, okay, I have to eat and then I have to swim. Right. And I'll deal with whatever's after that. And 
I had this thing that I called it FDA. It was like formulate, deploy, adapt. And I think the like the end piece, the adaptation part is like the key because I think we marry these ideas and like we we, we put them in concrete, if you will. And then when something like goes awry, we just, I, I, I feel like people tend to kind of almost get a little bit frozen or they get stuck in a path or they hesitate. And I think the key is being able to kind of formulate what you're going to do you're going to deploy what you're going to try to do, right? But 90%, I feel like, at least in my life, nothing goes to plan like that. So that third part is the key. It's like <laughs> just even having the openness that you're going to have to change something, I think, is the key point to, to allow you to do that on the fly. And that stuff happened, you know, when I gave you the scenario about the mapping. I mean, we'd go out, do this map, and I'd be like, oh, my you know, I'll tell you day one, I did this circular thing thinking, oh, I'll do like a 26-mile loop or, you know, a 28 mile loop for the bike. I'll do, you know, a, a six and a half mile loop on the run and realized very quickly that that does not work. Like Talia, my wife can't get to me. I can't get any supplies. I can't, I don't go running with like a backpack of stuff. Um, she wants to know where I am in case something happened. Uh, and so I had to adapt every single map. And what happened is we ended up going to these different locations and we'd often meet the people and they'd be like, Hey, Jeff, don't go on that road. That road sucks. And how am I going to know that? Cause I've never been there. And so they changed the mapping. And I just feel like that, that to me was like something that, um, I worry about what I can influence, you know? So like things outside of that control, I have to just let them go. And, and, you know, whether I vented out, or, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like some perfect person that doesn't get upset at things. No, but I think you have to be able to kind of let it out and move on. Um, and not be married to every single thing that you want to try to do because I mean, life, life has a good, good fist punch, you know, and you got to be able to get hit sometimes and, you know, jab and move and, and keep kind of keep dancing in that ring. And so that's how I got through every day. And, and that's how I hope that, you know, I can continue on and, and do it like in the positive manner, because I'd rather provide people energy than suck the energy out of them by just, you know, complaining or whining about stuff. I can't do anything about. There you go. I'm off my soapbox. I'll just keep going. I'll just, I'll just run this. <laughs> and run my mouth. So do you keep in contact with any of the people that uh, came out or that you rode with? Or ran yeah. with or... It's, that's been another cool thing is that it's kind of turned into friendships from a lot of that stuff. And, um, I kind of launched this team thing and a, a majority of those people are on the team, which I thought was crazy. Um, and so, yeah, we're definitely close. I mean, I text a lot of those people, a lot of the people shared their stories, which was another kind of hard emotional thing, you know, happened with the whole camera thing. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, definitely appreciate those people. In the works? Yeah, it's in the works. Yeah. I got a new guy. It's editing it up. Um, one thing that here, here's another tidbit. This is on the actual documentary piece that people don't know. When I got done with the, uh, when I got done with the whole thing and everything got done, we were going through and, and I didn't have any more money, um, to basically to give anybody to edit. I had tons of people willing to edit the project, you know, like right away, like, Hey man, I'll do it. And they want like $50,000. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, what? And so I couldn't, I couldn't pay any of these people. And I was trying to look for someone that might kind of want to partner with me and kind of use it as like, you know, like portfolio work. And I ended up getting lucky enough to, to get introduced to this individual to take it on with me. His name's Hunter. And it came from a guy that just happened to hear about my story. And he's like, I'm going to make it a mission to find you someone. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's just crazy. And, and I get into 
you know, working with this person and we're going through to make this first trailer. And the guy keeps asking me questions like, well, I need to know what days these are and, you know, where stuff is. And I'm like, okay, so, so I'm going to go kind of map it out. Well, turns out I had like four days out of the 21 days of footage. That's it. And I kind of did this like mouth drop because I hadn't watched. I still haven't watched all the footage. Like I just, there's a lot of it. And so I went back to him and said, Hey, I got like four days of this stuff. And he's like, what? I mean, he starts going, I don't think I can make what you're trying, you know, what you saw in your head. That's just not enough stuff. Well, it turns out I actually had been trying for a really long time to get in contact with the old camera guy. And it turns out that he didn't transfer all the footage. So we happen to be in California, go to the guy's house you know, his parents super helpful. And they're like, Hey, go get your old laptop. We followed him to his house. He turns over his laptop. Here's the, here's the discrepancy. I had 140 files to start with. Okay. When I got that guy's computer, there was 500 and like 50 files that I had never had that we brought in right to right now. So we have a total of like, you know, 600 and something files. Um, my, the editor's like, oh, this is a world of difference. And, you know, to me, that's not my world. So, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people didn't, didn't, even myself included, I didn't realize how little I had. So there was the triathlon journey and then the after yep. journey. Yes. There's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of times that I've, you know, wondered, um, you know, you have these ideas and, and what have you, but there's, there's been a lot of sacrifice beyond myself, you know, um, and it was really hard sometimes to kind of figure out what, what, what my intent was, you know, like how to stay focused on that and not get lost in the, in the stuff I try to avoid, like I was saying, you know, the darkness of it and just be like, eh. And so I just kept pushing. And so, you know, knock on whatever, you know, things will, things will pan out. And I hope that you have kind of a story that people will actually watch and, you know, cause I'll be honest with you. I don't want to see myself running up and down the street for like 30 minutes. That will bore me to sin. So I'm like hoping there's some good stories in there and to make some, to make some impact to people. Otherwise I feel like we'll just do something else. Yeah. What I'm curious to know right now is, you know, you always try to make it about everyone else. And so I just want to know, was there any kind of selfish reason behind it all? Like, did you have a chip on your shoulder of any kind? that you wanted to prove something to someone or even just to prove something to, to yourself. Yeah. I, I think I had the proof to myself. Um, I have a hard time like with compliments and, and, and like, uh-huh. you know, like, like trying to fluff myself up. I've always, I admired this guy uh, through high school. His, his name was Jeremy. He was a good buddy of mine, a surfer. And he always was like a really humble guy and he was just crazy talented in surfing. And I used to always look up to that and be like, you know what? I'm going to be like that. I mean, you know, that whole, like, what is it? Walk softly, big stick thing or something. I just, it's hard for me. So, so I think inside I was curious because of, you know, some of the injuries, um, whether or not I can make it, but I'll be honest with you. I, I felt like I was really good at surfing. Um, and I really enjoyed like the athletic part of doing that sport, the artistry of it and stuff. I think what I failed to do is kind of make the right connections um, in my time. And I just felt like maybe I was supposed to do something like athletically. And so I think if I really look inside myself and, and wonder what that was about, I think in some way, shape or form, I, I was trying to um, 
kind of reward myself, like athletically speaking, just, just internally, you know, like I didn't try to make that thing some big, some big thing. I just, um, was hoping maybe it was my way to try to like make an impact, you know, by, by just beating myself up. And I was fine with that if I could do it. And so, um, yeah, I think maybe, you know, I, maybe I just, you know, missed a calling or something early in life with some things. I think in some ways, I, I think I picked the wrong sport, uh, with surfing. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there's my, my inner reflection. If you're, if you, if you got me on the couch doing my therapy right now, (laughs) (laughs) also you, you know, you don't seem like the competitive kind it's always you versus you with you so you know even in your posts i never see you mentioning anything about your training splits or even your race splits yeah. and positions it's always about conveying some sort of message or motivation so is becoming faster something that drives and motivates you uh i don't know i, I think i like progress i think if if progress you know kind of equates to some a component of speed i mean like that's great but i really never started any of this journey with that intention. I think in some way, shape or form, like that kind of loses the value to me. Like, I don't even really like racing. Um, I actually think I enjoy the interactions at the race versus the actual race itself. I get really nervous. I feel like I was when I was competing and surfing and I'm not even competing for anything. You know what I'm saying? Like I had expectations back then. And, but, but I think it takes away from a lot of the stuff that, that, I find the joy in like, if I just simply focus on some of these things about, you know, meeting some split or some time, you know, I think, um, if that's a secondary piece or even like way back in third, fourth, fifth place in my mind, then it becomes some sort of like sprinkle on my, on my Sunday, you know, but when I feel like it's this primary focus, um, I think it just leads to, I just think it leads to a bunch of, a bunch of overemphasized weight on your shoulders when you show up. You know, so for me, I always just try to look at the situation and, and, and figure out like, what's the fun in it? Cause that's really what I started this for, you know? And I think like, I think there's the majority of us that, that sometimes forget the reason you get into it and then you get over involved in all this data, you know? And then I'm like, then you just become this person that's, that's, uh, you know, analyzing yourself to, to things that um, take over your perspective. And then I think it just becomes kind of, I don't know, that's just my humble opinion, you know? So for me, if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. And I'm just trying to keep it that way. So yeah, I don't, I don't post on those things. A lot of times people are like, Oh, what place do you get this? I'm like, I don't, you can go look it up, man. Or like, you know, what's this or what's that? I mean, I don't stay for like reward ceremonies. I don't even, you know, if those things happen, I generally get done with the race and just kind of, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. You know, like I'm out, I made it. So, so you're the data rebel. Pretty no much. Data yeah. rebel. I, I'm a big feel guy. So I don't, <laughs> I get the benefits of all that stuff. I'm uncoached. I just do my own thing. I guess I don't like people telling me how some certain way is supposed to go, you know, like, Oh, I, you know, I have this much experience and you know, this works with all these other athletes. I'm like, Oh, great. So like none of those people are me or, you know, like how I'm not going to be confined into this, into this mold or whatever. So I think maybe I'm rebellious in that manner. I don't really like that, you know? Yep. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I sort of stopped uh, wearing a watch on a lot of my stuff like a couple of years ago, and it's it's very free. Yeah, it's like you just, you know, it's like, uh, the you know, people that check their phone all the time. I just feel like I, I remember I was racing Oceanside in this, I, I, I'm right next to this guy. And it was really funny as I was trying to, I was, all right, I'll give you my, 
this isn't trying to be mean or nothing, but so uh, this guy's wearing like uh, a, a similar kit, like to myself, the brand, I mean, right. And so I'm running next to him and I'm like, Hey man, nice work. And he just like stone cold, right? Like doesn't even look at me. doesn't talk. I'm like, no, that's fine. Maybe he didn't hear me, you know, whatever. <laughs> but we're running literally side by side, like no joke. I'm talking inches between us and like no <laughs> one's, you know, no one's going further. I'm like, that's fine. I was pacing him. <laughs> And I'm like, I feel pretty good. And my big fear, like, you know, like backing up is I fell apart at the run in Boulder, you know? And so I was really bummed out about that. And so all my, my big focus, like when, you know, you're saying before, like, oh, you time and place and all that. My big focus at Oceanside was like, I just want to get done and like have held it together in the run. So I'm pacing this guy and I'm like, I feeling okay. I'm doing all right now. Yeah. I, I would look at the watch every now and then. And I would say, oh, like I, I'm going faster than I thought or whatever. And I'm like, hope I can hang in with this guy. Well, this guy's watch was pinging like every, like, I don't even know what his setup was, but it felt like every couple of minutes, it's like, ding or ding, ding. And he kept looking, he kept looking at the watch, looking at the watch, looking at the watch. So we get around the halfway point And I like, I, I like specifically sped up a little bit to get in front of him. And I was like, dude, nice work, man. You're like, you're crushing it or whatever. And he just wouldn't look at me. So then I started in my head thinking, okay, maybe there's a language barrier. Like maybe, maybe like he doesn't speak English, so he doesn't even know what I'm saying, but you, you can't deny the fact that regardless of understanding my words, that I physically made an attempt in, in a communication stance, right. To, in, to interact, right. Like I looked at you, like my whole body turned, like I gave a thumbs like, up, and wave yeah, or like, something. like something, a head nod, right. So at this point, right, there's about, I don't know, I think we're about four miles to go, right? And um, he picked it up a bit. I could feel it. Like, I could hear it in his breathing. Um, I knew that it increased my, my effort to kind of stay with him. Again, not watch-based, but I could just, that's what I felt. And so I'm like, oh, he's, he, I think he's trying to leave me or whatever. But then I started getting mad at the fact that he wouldn't be, like, nice. And I'm like, you know what, then? that's fine. You know, I kind of was like, screw this. And I remember at one point, the thing that really got me kind of going was that there was a lot of people on the run. And so sometimes when you'd have to go like pass around people, you know, as we're side by side, the road was large. You, he could have easily, like he was on my, uh, let's see, he was on my left and I was in, and, um, you know, me being on his right, obviously as we're passing people, what he would do is instead of fading wider on his side, left side to go around say a group he would cut in front of me to pass the group and after he did it a few times when i noticed that there was a way wide opening on his side it felt purposeful and that's what kind of really got me going so if you're going to say like competitiveness um it it really became right then in that moment once he did that three or four times i was <laughs> i was offended um and i'm like okay Here's the thing. I'm not a super big sprinter. That's yeah. It. I'm not a big sprinter at the finish. I don't like that. I just don't, I don't like running in general, but I thought, you know what I can do? I am usually pretty <laughs> good at grit and stuff out. So with about a mile and a half to go, I'm like, you know what, buddy, I'm going to go to what I feel is like my max point right now. And I'm going to see if you can hang in there. So we had a pass and normally, right. He would cut in front of me. I said, uh, uh, I, I sped up and I blocked his pass. He then went to the left and I went and I could hear his breathing like behind me. It was like, <gasps> this whole, and I'm like, Oh, he's, he's hanging with me. Like he's going to sprint or something. And as we got to the straightaway with about like when I could start seeing the carpet and whatever, I didn't hear his sound anymore. And when I came across, I remember asking my wife, I'm like, was the guy in the green, he's a green suit. 
It was like, whatever. Is there someone behind me? She's like, no, there's no one behind you. And so to me, like that was my victory. That was my, that was my medal. I don't need anything else. I'm like, you know what? I tried to be nice. He wasn't nice. So there you go. Like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he shouldn't have messed with the Prince of Pain. <laughs> oh, yeah, bottom line. There you go. <laughs> if I could, if I could have like, you know, supernatural powers, I would love to be like just the best of the best and just like show people that, you know, you don't, you don't got to be like, you don't need an ego or anything like that to, you know what I mean? To connect and, and be like a badass. And so <laughs> That's not me, but I'm just saying if, if it could be, that would be awesome. That's what I'd do. I'd <laughs> make everyone feel like someone. How about that? That would be my goal. That is a great yeah. superpower. But then if they don't want to feel like someone and they're mean, then I'd feel like, well, then I'll you'd crush them. <laughs> then you got to stomp <laughs> yeah, them into right. the dust. <laughs> crush the soul. <laughs> Grind yeah. them up. Yeah. Eat them for that's breakfast. Right. Add them to my cereal. <laughs> so do you have any races coming up now? Or? Uh, yes. This, this is a very busy... Uh, I think this is the most racing I've ever done. So yeah, I have, I, we're kind of doing like a road trip, if you will. So I'm going to do some local races down on the East coast, um, like Florida and things like that. And then we're going to come up and we're going to do some of the, the bigger stuff. We're going to hit, um, Santa Rosa 70.3. Then, uh, we'll go to Boulder 70.3. Then I'm going to jump down to Waco 70.3. And, um, this year I was sort of trying to concoct another kind of crazy thing. Um, and I was talking to a couple of people about it and they were a little bit worried about my safety and with where my head was going. And so they thought they convinced me to basically take on an Ironman. So I will be at Ironman Arizona. Um, and I'll just tell you guys right now, uh, you say what you want about the 21 days. I think an Ironman sounds insane. I don't know that I want anything to do with a marathon after riding for a hundred plus miles so i'm gonna kind of give that a shot and see if i can uh like i said stay in one piece and make it to the end of that so that's kind of the goal i'm not getting crazy with training i'm not i can't commit to stuff like that like i'm a family man i got a job and all that so i can't do the like 30 hour training weeks but um i'm hoping that i can just push a little bit and um and get through it so that's my schedule man it's a lot of around the country to be honest with you so well, I, have to, I have to say a little encouragement is that i've always felt like the marathon and the iron man is much better than a regular marathon oh, i hope you i hope that's true way better the, the aid stations are better the people are better there's just not so much of a gur factor everybody's just trying to survive everybody's kind to each other i don't know for me there's just relaxed expectations <laughs> of what kind of pace i'm gonna run so maybe that's part of it um I don't know. It's just a lot friendlier marathon than just a marathon. So maybe you'll find it really interesting. I hope it freaks me out. And, and Arizona's fun. I, I've volunteered at the aid stations there. It's a, it's a party at every aid station. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you good. know, just well, hopefully that'll push me along because that to me is that that's, I don't know, hats off to those that have done that. I think, I think you guys are crazy. So, well, hopefully you'll yeah. have a great time. Fingers crossed. No dead bodies. Right. No dead bodies. That's a long time in the water. You you won't be able to you won't be able to see them anyways because Tempe Town Lake is like a muddy mess. Okay. So if there's floating people or lake sharks, you're just not even going to see past oh, your fingertips. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> and you've recently started a new project as well um, called Team Triumph with your friend Nathan Turner. So tell us what that's all about. Yeah, um, yeah. I asked. Um, I was sort of. Uh, 
is one of the outcomes I, my wife kind of was pitching this to me uh, after doing the journey. I was just really hesitant to, to do like a team thing. You know, I just, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of like anti-team in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and just had some, I think some weird, weird experiences with that in the past, but I just sort of kind of think about it more of like an army of light instead of like a team. I just feel like I wasn't looking for speed podium or place, you know, I was kind of looking for like positivity and, and, um, and like character and stuff. And, and with the end game being like, you know, if we can make people smile and what we're doing, you know, like that's, that's the win. Um, and another side thing that I really enjoy doing is I actually enjoy designing like the race kits and I like the art part of it, you know? And so I had been asked, you know, in some instances, like I've, I've done a lot of collaborations and designs and in the past with some of the kits that I've worn. And so when I kind of, when I kind of moved off onto my own, I, some people have been asking like, well, how are we, are you going to design any more stuff? And I, I'm like, I don't know. And I ended up talking with Zoot and, um, they were kind of, uh, on my radar because of a, a good friend of mine that was with them and, he passed away or whatever, but you know, he always spoke so highly of them, you know, and I just kind of felt like it's important for me to kind of reach out and see if there's potential. And, you know, turns out, uh, we, we kind of partnered up. And so I'm, I launched team triumph and I designed all the kits and designed all these shirts and different stuff. And then also at the same time, they were like, Hey man, I like some of the stuff you did in the past. Would you do, um, let's, let's do you as like a featured artist. And so they're going to do a triumph page. So, I'll be designing like public kits and yeah. And things so like that. What so. is your profession? I didn't catch that. What is what? Your profession. Uh, I work in, I work in uh, healthcare stuff. Believe it or not. <laughs> I have like nothing to do with triathlon or yeah. I work in like compliance. So nothing to do with uh, triathlon or design. I just, um, I used to paint my surfboards and do a lot of art stuff as a kid. And I used to paint my boards like all the way up and through like college and stuff to the point where, you know, people will be like, Hey, like you should airbrush or do this. And I'm like, nah. And then just when we come into the sport of triathlon, like I was mentioning to you and I felt like kind of out of place at that first race, I just have certain things. I, I like that. Um, make me feel okay. in spandex. How about that? <laughs> like I'm uncomfortable in spandex. So, so I feel like for me personally, if I can kind of put a spin on some stuff and do kind of like this clean edge type look thing, then I feel a little bit better in spandex. And I'm like, if other people are like me, then maybe they'll like, you know, the stuff that I'm trying to create. And, you know, maybe that in turn helps them. Right. You know, that whole thing, like, I'm not trying to make a business. I'm just trying to, I have fun doing it. And I feel like if it, if people like it, then I'll keep doing it. If they don't, then I'll stop. <laughs> That's kind of easy. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to see how that yeah so the big thing is well i probably shouldn't say that yeah i think maybe uh keep an eye on santa rosa how about that all right are you gonna debut a kit are we gonna yeah it might be cool? that might be some stuff there yeah yeah i'll just i'll speak for okay. myself yeah i'll be debuting something all right we'll definitely keep an eye yeah. out for that we'll see how see how it goes been a long time coming but but yeah so that's that have i put you guys to sleep yet no eye rolls no 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 so yeah, as we wrap things up, are there any people, brands, or anything you, any people you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I want to plug some people, it's nice of you to ask. Um, I first and foremost, I just think it's anyone that's ever conversed with me. I think my biggest thing is that uh, if I could, if I could high five each one of those people and thank thank them kind of in person, that means that would mean a ton. So 
for those that see me out there, you know, like I have a hard time remembering names and stuff. I usually get at faces, but you know, if you see me at like a race or whatever, like, please like, don't, I, I try to make sure everyone feels like I value their time. If they come up and say hello or something, like I, I'm not just going to say what up and walk on, you know? Um, so I really enjoy that part. So like first to me is to everyone that's, you know, given me belief in myself when I didn't have it and, um, you know, kind of supported my crazy ideas. And then to the companies that have been involved, you know, like Zoot's been huge to me and Cervelo, like Les at Cervelo has just been, she rocks and, um, yeah, Envy, you know, they've, they've been super kind. Ohm, like another mushroom. I mean, I'm going to say stuff here, but, you know, Ohm and Garden of Life and, you know, Antler Farms, Polar, you know, I mean, just like, there's so many, like, you know, Monster has been, you know, kind of a new thing with me. They've been super receptive to stuff and just everyone that allows me to kind of keep my uniqueness in, in my, in my path. I'm just super huge on that. Red Bars is another one that's been a huge believer of mine. Sound Probiotics. It's like, I, I, there's so many of them that are out there, man. Like Maria Coffee, good friends of mine from high school. Like, just kind of, just believing in the path, man. I think like if those little things and 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 the connectedness of us all like helps other people. Like I said, that army of light thing. If we can just keep you know reflecting stuff and and get people going, you know, um, that's kind of I'll, I'll wear that hat and I'll be happy to do that. So that's my big thanks. But. Yeah, there's, there's there's the plug, man. Thanks thanks for asking. <laughs> Hope I didn't forget anybody. But yeah. All right. Before we ask our last question, uh, where can everyone find you online? Uh, they can the I have a you know the website. I don't know how many people do that still, but uh, the triumphproject.org seems like social uh, stuff is where kind of most people go. So I'm big on Instagram at the Triumph Project. Um, I have Facebook too, just Jeff Fairbanks. Um, and then the project actually has its own Facebook page. Um, I think it's 21 days of triumph, but it's the triumph project, um, on the Facebook side. And those are, I'm primarily on Instagram and it feeds to other things, but, um, I make it a big mission of mine that if people take the time to make a comment to me, um, even if it takes me weeks and I do little chunks at a time, I, I try to make sure that I get back to everybody and hopefully I don't miss people, but, um, it's important to me, at least at this point. So that's where you can find me. Cool. So our last question, why do you try? Why do I try? I think it's to get the opportunities to inspire anything and other people in any aspect of their life. And I think that if I can showcase through my, through my decisions and my determinations and my um, challenges, uh, a spark within someone else, even if that's, you know, getting up off the couch to a 5k or, or, you know, like something as silly as like talking in front of their crowd, you know, I really hope that people can see that, you know, the real, the real things that go on between balancing life and challenges in, in sport. Um, and even with the, some of the big ideas that I had, they can see those, those challenges, um, kind of be navigated, then I hope that they can in turn look within and then, and then figure out a way that they can kind of move forward. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like I said before, things don't always go our way, but I feel like I gain so much from, um, you know, even see like, you know, seeing people persevere and push through stuff, you know, that stuff gets me going. And so I kind of use that and say, well, Hey, if that does it to me, maybe something that I'm doing does it to someone else. And if that does it for one person, man, then I'm on, I'm on a good, I'm on a good path. So to me, I want to show people that, Hey, like, you know, you, you, you can be the average person and accomplish above average things. It's, it's, you know, it's your willingness to try. So a little, little pun there, but 
That's the truth. That's how I feel. Yeah, how that. <laughs> All right, Jeff. It was a real pleasure having you on. Great fun chatting with you. Thank you for taking the time to do it. Absolutely. And Thank you for having yeah, me on. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, humbled. So I hope to see you guys out there too. Uh, if you you know see me around, yeah, I, I hope to handshake it. Any plans Absolutely. of coming to Australia soon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look for the ticket in the mail. <laughs> I'd say those two are a little bit farther away from a handshake. I I might be closer. All right. Well. <laughs> Then it, it'll have to just go vicariously through you to them. All right. All right. We'll All talk right, soon, guys. You. Thank you. All righty. Yep. Cool. Yep. Thanks a bunch. You bet. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Jeff, man, he's just such a humble guy. Loved hearing him speak about his journey and hope you all did as well. And I can't wait to see the crazy stuff he does in the future. You can find him at The Triumph Project on Instagram to follow him on his adventures. And you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Strava under the name at Humans of Triathlon. If you've liked what you've heard so far and the guests we've had on so far, it would mean so much to us if you could leave the podcast a review on iTunes. It just takes a minute to do it and helps us out a lot. It lets us know that you all are liking the stuff we're doing and it keeps us going. We got a few more reviews in this week. I'm just going to share one with you all here. Not sure who it's by, but it's under the name Amp10252. And he or she says, I love the way these people insist on capturing everyone's story. Stories are important to share, and they get that. Thanks a ton for that review, and yes, they are important to share. And we're just glad to have this platform to be able to share them with you all. And we'll continue sharing these amazing stories every week here on the Hot Podcast. So make sure to subscribe to not miss out on the crazy inspiring guests we bring on in the episodes to come. Alright everyone, that's it from me for this week. Appreciate you all for being a part of this community. Hope you all have a great week. And till next time, keep trying everyone. Everyone.